Hello and welcome to the Save Your Game podcast. This is the podcast where I talk to people from inside and outside of the gaming universe about the games that have defined their lives. My guests will choose three games that fit this bill. We'll be talking about all together now because you know this bit, when they play them, why they play them and all the things they loved about them. But in the end, there can be only one. After discussing all three games, I'm going to force my guests to make an agonizing decision. They must choose their one game to be saved for the Save Your Game podcast and be immortalized forever. As always, I'm Frankie Ward and I'll be helping our guests along their 8-bit journey down memory lane and then cruelly making them chuck two of those games off a cliff because the rules say they can save only one. We're not always that nice here on the Save Your Game podcast, but we do have some fabulous guests. But before we get started, if you love gaming as much as we do, there's a whole load of game-related stuff you can dive into over at redbull.com. So make sure you give it a click to keep track of which games get inducted into the Red Bull Save Your Game podcast. My next guest on the show is a streamer, content creator and speedrunner of some of the coolest games ever created. It is Grand Pooh Bear, a.k.a. David Hunt. Welcome to Red Bull Save Your Game Pooh, as I've been told I'm allowed to call you. Yeah, you can call me Pooh. Brilliant. Everybody calls me Pooh, yeah. <laughs> Where does this come from? Listen, I can't reveal why I chose that name. It's it's like a secret I've always kept because it's actually a really boring story. So I make up new stories every time somebody asks me where I got my name. Like, so there's thousands and thousands of stories out there about how I got my name. None of them are true. I am tempted yeah. to ask you to make up one of those stories exclusively for us here at Save Your Game. But I know that we need to get on to to your story and and about these games that have genuinely impacted your life but before we do that what are you playing at the moment is there something that you're trialing for a future speed run uh right now no actually it's kind of so i love playing live in front of crowds right and i have not had the chance to do that in a while so um one of the things i've done during pandemic is just play a lot of different stuff that i wasn't playing when i you know when i'm like training for an event right now it's been really, really fun. Right now, I'm playing uh, Grand Theft Auto roleplay games a lot on uh, no pixel servers, which is really fun because you interact with a lot of a whole lot of different streamers that I never would interact with otherwise. And um, it's a really good, funny time, and I just have a really good time with it. Um, so that's been something that I've been doing lately. Um, which don't get me wrong, I'll always be a speedrunner forever, but it's been really fun now to have this kind of like break. I'm ready to get back to events. Yeah, definitely ready to get back to events. Before you get back to events playing grand theft auto role playing is is quite the commitment what's your character yes. i'm guessing there's one that you're kind of carrying through oh yeah i i have uh mick flair who's a professional wrestler or like a retired professional wrestler flash criminal does he have a special voice or does he just have your own normal voice oh no i w- and i wish i would have never given him a special voice because you're like stuck with it then and you can't change it you know kind of early in the morning for me so i don't want to do it but it's kind of like a you know like a gravelly you know like if you've ever <laughs> seen professional wrestling you know oh yeah i'm gonna get you know like the whole thing you know like you gotta have the the professional wrestler promo voice from time to time and it's so ridiculous and silly yeah i i kind of wish i would have just rolled with my own voice but really wish that i had your talent for a gravelly voice because i am missing oh, out on being part of this world <laughs> well yeah you, you you should try and go in it's super fun um and it's ridiculously silly and also like can be all time consuming sometimes but um i really really enjoy it it's definitely a, a good time another thing i need to get onto this is the best thing about this podcast i just find out like more things that i really need to get into <laughs> i did read on the red bull website as you're a red bull athlete and have been since 2018 mm-hmm. that you've owned nintendo since you were two years old were you a gaming toddler uh yes my so my sister is 10 years older than me and she was so she's 12 at the time and she got a nintendo essentially and it was in our living room and so i just started playing it uh at a really 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 young age and it's kind of weird now because my kid's two years old i haven't given him a nintendo yet which is kind of a little i maybe it's just a little bit different parenting styles you know um but uh it's uh yeah i i just always gravitated towards we had mario and duck hunt you know those are the first two games we had and that was the i mean because it was the one cartridge that came with the console and um i just played that kind of funny because i see pictures my mom actually has a bunch of pictures of me playing nintendo i have no memory of this house but i do have the memory of mario and duck hunt 
and playing that so much as a kid. Was Dunk Hunt yeah. a light gun game? Yeah, light gun game. So were you a toddler with a tiny little light gun? Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that, that is a, yeah. What an image. Absolutely, and like I would just go put it at, like, right on top of the screen, and then there was like scratches on our TV, my mom said, yeah, so. Well, it's not your fault. They were letting me play video games all the time. Come on, obviously it's not my fault. <laughs> my mom told, said I beat Mario at a really, really young age, but that could just be one of those like parents make up things about your kid to make them feel more special things, you know? I don't think she really needs to do much to make you feel more special, given that you've got over 20 world records in your time. I've, had, I've lost over 20 yeah, world records Yeah, but you still got now. them. Still I counts. had them, but now I've lost them. They're all gone now. Um, last year was actually, that was the one thing, is that where I took a break from speedrunning during quarantine, other people really picked it up, man. <laughs> and I got to go back and defend those records. That's going to be 2022 for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and reclaim all, well, not all, but at least one or two. I think you can make uh, a comeback. I think I might be able to get a few, you know. So it was your choice then to kind of take a bit of a break during COVID, given that you didn't have, say, the ADDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick audience yeah, yeah, to kind of play I, in front I mean, of. Yeah, I really like I really like getting ready and, and going for events gave me like a really good purpose because I liked, I didn't, um, there's a lot of people in speedrunning that, you know, they run one game and one game forever. And, and while I run one series of games, I like to run a bunch of different ones. Um, and I like to show something a little bit new every time. Um, while they're all usually in the Mario universe, um, it's really, really fun for me to bring something new. That being said, like having the benchmarks of different events gave me kind of like a, a regimen, a, you know, a very good schedule, a rigid schedule. And once that was taken away, I, it was just, it was nice to take a little bit of a break from it. But I, I start to miss it. I don't know if this reference will get you, but like when Michael Jordan played baseball, you know, you just start to miss basketball every once in a while. So let's actually start getting into this conversation then, because you're going to choose three games to talk about. You're only going to get to choose one to save above all others. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. What is the thing that connects the three games that you've chosen to talk about today, if anything? The kind of the emotion that they bring out. And honestly, like thinking about it, I almost want to change one right away because... Really, there's four games that have a deep meaning to me in my life. There's there's four video games, but you made me choose three, um, and so and so I left off the one that is was actually made for not for me, but it's named after me. It's Grand Pooh World Two, and it's a ROM hack of Mario World. And so I I just really want to say that that's that one probably hit me more than any game emotionally and means the most. But because this is you know a, a, a podcast, I wanted to pick three. I guess, normal video games that people probably know instead of, you know, this one deeply personal ROM hack. Um, so I just want to I just want to let everyone know that that's probably the one that means the most to me. But we're we'll move on from that. Don't want to move on from it just yet, because that's a sequel. Yeah. So you've had someone make two of these super hard Mario ROM hacks for you. Well, it, they're named they're for the world. So I'm, I, I mostly focus on Mario ROM hacks and what that, that means is like custom made Mario levels. And so that really, really hard stuff you see on. You know, social media, you see someone shell jumping all over the place. The Kaizo levels, they get called, yes, right? Yes, Kaizo levels. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I really, really love to do. And um, I have been uh, lucky enough that a good friend of mine, uh, Barbers King, has made two games named after me. And I think he's making a third right now. Like, there's certain traditions in, like, Kaizo level making and um, the way the whole game flows. And one of the traditions, too, is, like, sometimes you name the game after a member of the community and so i was lucky enough to not not just have one named after me but also have like they're both so incredible they're both so incredibly good well thought out and have, and so many of the things that have been in those games have now become kind of standard in kaizo level making and they're just so 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 good and they have puzzles like kind of like escape room style puzzles in the second one which I also am like such a huge fan of escape rooms and I love puzzles. Like I super love puzzles and video games. So that game will always have a really deep personal meaning. Like one of the answers to the puzzles is actually my birthday. It just meant the world to me. And beyond that, like I just think the world of the creator, uh, I think Barbara's King is just like a really, really great dude. A speedrunning community does seem amazingly tight knit. Okay, GBP, let's get started. The first game you're thinking about saving is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Originally released in 2017 for the Nintendo Switch, it's one of the most recent delves into one of Nintendo's 
biggest franchises. As always, players take on the role of Link, who travels and adventures around the open world of Hyrule. And I know that this is a game that shouldn't need any introduction, but it was really the game that kind of kicked off this Switch generation of Nintendo. So can you describe the experience to us? What was so cool about Breath of the Wild, like when you first open up the game and you realize like all the things you can do, you had so much freedom and you had so much, can I do this? I can do that. It just constantly happened over and over and over again as you're playing the game all the way to the end of the end of the experience 140 hours in the first time i played it the whole way through was just i don't know just had so many little details and so many extra little things and even even with that being said i think it's a very imperfect game in a lot of ways there's some things i don't like about it like i hate the weapons because i'm a hoarder don't like when they break yeah yeah i wish there i wish the uh there was more boss variety the bosses all kind of look the same but every game has like minor imperfections there's such a like i'm nitpicking at that point you know what i mean i'm nitpicking that game because it's so incredibly perfect and um in every other way it's just the freedom that you are given in a solo world it's one of those moments where truly like i would play And then I'd go watch someone else play and they would attack a challenge in a completely different way. And and it just gave it for a single player, you know, experience just gave it so much fun and discoverability. And it was one of those games that I just never wanted to end. I just wanted to keep going and keep discovering. Um, So it's just definitely, definitely like one of those incredible experiences. And also it's like Zelda is just such a, a huge part of my life in general. I have a triforce in my background i have a triforce tattooed on me zelda games have just always meant you know so much to me and breath of the wild was just kind of like i hadn't played a zelda game in so long too and um the one the previous one skyward sword was just not that good so it was also just like this kind of like it felt like this is the next evolution of how the series is going to be and i was excited about the direction I, every, everything about zelda breath of the wild just hit me in so many awesome incredible ways and and i i just absolutely loved that first playthrough can you remember your first zelda game oh zelda one yeah was it literally called zelda one it was just zelda the legend of zelda oh of course the legend of zelda oh my goodness of course yeah the legend of zelda gold cartridge nes yeah i mean i was like getting to be like five and six you know just having learned how to read and stuff i played it for years and years and years before i could beat it because i just didn't know where anything was and you know, that was like Nintendo Power Generation where I basically like would beat a dungeon and then have to wait the next month till I got a new Nintendo Power to know where the next dungeon was. Which hindsight, like I was so disappointed in young me for using Nintendo Power and Nintendo Power Hotline instead of just figuring it out on my own. But so it's kind of funny. So I played every mainline Zelda except the DS ones. And Zelda 2 I always hated as a kid. And now as an adult, I absolutely love. And Skyward Sword, I don't like at all, but all the rest of them, I think, are just utterly incredible games. And uh, Breath of the Wild and Majora's Mask, OT and Zelda 1, 2, and 3 are definitely the... I mean, I just named like six games, but they, they're they so good. For what they do and the era they came out in, all of those games are, in my opinion, just utter masterpieces um, when judged at their time. Just incredible. So my first Zelda was... Link's Awakening. So I'm wondering that that was two or three, I think. Well, Link's Awakening would be like two and a half, I guess. Yeah, because I half. played it on Game Boy. I had a yeah, little yeah. pocket Game Boy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but uh, like still Link's Awakening is also utterly incredible. And yeah. so is the remake too. Yeah, the, the remake's really great too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, I don't know. There's, so is Link's uh, Oracle Seasons, Oracle Ages are both stupid good games. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know. The, the Zelda series just... I I mean I won't lie. There's a lot of nostalgia with. There'll always be a lot of nostalgia with Nintendo with me, um, because I just grew up with Nintendo the way kids now, like Gen Z's, grown up with PlayStation. Um, I've grown up with Nintendo. That's been the one constant in my life. The one thing that's never changed is kind of like this is going to sound really weird. The one thing that's really never changed is you know Mario and Link. They've they've been there the whole time, which is kind of funny. So. Um, Zelda just means a lot to me. And Breath of the Wild, I think, was just a culmination of just 30 years of evolution of that game series, you know? I am interested in why Breath of the Wild is your pick as opposed to, say, Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, because those are the two that really 
get Zelda fans going typically. I know Breath of the Wild I, was such such an impressive achievement, right? Yeah. But the, you mentioned nostalgia as well. So I'm just wondering, uh, back in 2017 when this game came out, is is there a particular reason why this game was important during that time period? Um, Kind of, too. It's also Breath of the Wild was... I mean, I was streaming it at the time, too. So I was sharing it with a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. OT is very special to me, too, because it's... Um, my brother, since past, is uh, is a game we played together uh, when it first came out. And just we discovered everything together. And, and so that is very, very emotional to me, too. But uh, it's mostly just, I think, the freedom of Breath of the Wild. The absolute go anywhere, do anything at any time-ness of it. That's closer to what I want to be in video games, you know what I mean, than than other things. And that's not to say I don't want, like, linear stories or anything like that. I definitely do. I think there's room for all sorts of video games. But that, to me, is what Zelda is about, like, this discovering and sciencing and tinkering with the physics and the, the world. And there's a lot of trial and error in that and a lot of, like, discovering. But, like, the feeling you get when you have those moments right when you are beating your head against a wall and all of a sudden you have this awesome breakthrough it's just so exciting and breath of the wild it's it's the direction i want the series to go and that it's going to be more of that there's going to be a lot more room for completely hidden random things like i i so want more video games to have like these rooms and these hidden things these big giant puzzles that people don't discover and find for years like i i love that that stuff is so exciting to me and it's so hard to do and like today with the internet age you know because everyone's working together and you look through game code and and things like that but i don't know that first like couple weeks of zelda breath of the wild felt like gaming had taken a step forward in a way that it hadn't taken in a little while and the whole gaming world was just vibing on that game and so I, I don't know. It just was a special, a special time. And it's not that OT or Majora's Mask are lesser games, or they didn't have they had incredible impacts on me. I, I, I collectively it just felt like the gaming world. Everyone kind of like sat down and was like, "This is cool." And that was just a, a good time, you know, a fun time. It was a special moment to be around if you were playing Breath of the Wild when it first came out. Was it a game you were also like, I'm going to savor this narrative and this experience as opposed to kind of spending months and months going, right, how can I crack this in the quickest time possible? When my first playthrough, I don't I don't try to speed run my first playthrough. I naturally try, I mean, I'll naturally like go fast or like things. I miss things sometimes, but I don't try to like speed run my first playthrough of anything. But with Breath of the Wild, especially, I didn't like I didn't fast travel anywhere in Breath of the Wild. I rode a horse or glided everywhere that first playthrough every single shrine everything you know a couple hundred koroks like just glided every time i needed to go turn in koroks i had to trot my way there on my horse yeah i i definitely wanted to save her and part of that part of that is i didn't want to miss anything if there was something i could run into um i wanted to run into it. and that i really hope breath of the wild 2 is a lot like busier world in some ways like if i did have one you know another small complaint is like i wish there was more life in the world um and so i hope breath of the wild 2 has more of that because more life is more discoverability is more interactions and, and that'll be really fun with a massive world to explore and a multitude of options on how to explore it breath of the wild gives players the chance to experiment and explore at their own pace while offering a challenging experience to boot there basically isn't a better time to get involved in one of nintendo's most beloved franchises so what tips would you give to someone playing this game for the first time david uh don't think your idea is dumb um you you're not necessarily beholden to the rules of previous video games um which is probably my favorite part about breath of the wild your idea is probably right one final question before we move on to your next game tease us why could this potentially be the game that you saved today um it's one of if not the greatest games of all time and that's going to be my answer for all of these so. <laughs> so we are now jumping back in time onto your second game that you're considering saving today and we are keeping it nintendo of course with a game that i imagine means more than i could possibly state to you it is super mario brothers 3 
Originally released for the NES back in 1990 and the third installment in the Mario franchise by Nintendo, this version of Mario is loved for its challenging gameplay and the introduction of flying via the Super Leaf and the Tanuki suit. Selling over 17 million copies worldwide, it is known as one of the greatest video games of all time. So I'm glad we've got one of its biggest experts here to talk about it. (laughs) Describe this game to us, David. Why is it the ultimate version of Mario for you? There's a couple of reasons. First, I'll talk about just the game, the technicality of the game. Mario 3 is uh, an incredibly fast, challenging game that really tests not just your reflexes, but your memory. Um, Because Mario can actually jump further than a screen away. So he can just leap, you know, he can just blind leap all over the place, which is really great. And it's really, really fast. um, And there's so many different control options um, and so many different power-ups change the way that Mario behaves in cool little ways. Uh, Whether it's Tanuki Leaf, like you mentioned, you can fly or the Tanuki Suit where you can become a statue and kill a bunch of different enemies that you didn't know you could kill and, and Invincible. Or... The famous boot, which is in one single level. Everyone remembers the boot from Mario 3, but it's in one single level in the entire game, which is just such a cool thing to make such a an awesome power-up that's in one single level. Um, there's the Hammer Brothers suit, which you don't even see till you know, World 5 at the earliest. Um, there's just so many different things. The P-Wing, which you know, lets you fly forever. The Frog suit, which great in the water, horrible on land. Uh, you're just playing the game in just the frog suit the whole time. It's like its own challenge. There's boat rides and there's decision making, like where you use your hammers against which boulders. Um, there's hidden things like, uh, you know, like the whistles and the warps and the, the, you know, using your hammer in hidden spots to get different whistles. And then one off hammer brothers and just like really random world specific enemies that show up all throughout the place. Um, it's a game that's, beatable by anyone and as challenging as you want to make it and it's just very special also for me personally uh i was five when it came out and that's when you you know i started getting actual dexterity and started doing actual things um uh, i think actually my sister bought it for me uh, as a present and i just played the heck out of it as a kid and the irony of playing how i played it as a kid is i flew everywhere and you know, wanted to cheat the system and just wanted to beat the game. And then as an adult, come back to this game, um, was my favorite game all time growing up. And then to decide to start speedrunning it and realize that you don't fly anywhere in the speedrun. You're always on the ground because you travel much faster on the ground than you do in the air in that game. So you're, it, it became this game that was now I'm playing it in a completely different way. And it became this whole new, crazy, awesome experience for me in a different way. And so it's not only like, hit me as like a game of my youth and just my my whole life you know I play it once or twice a year but then to also be the catalyst to starting my career as a speedrunner is the first game I ever speed ran it just means an incredible amount to me um like on a personal level without Mario 3 I would not be a Red Bull athlete I would not be um able to do this for a living I would not be able to do anything I would I would you know, I, I don't know what I would be doing right now. So um, I'm just very, very extremely grateful for Super Mario Brothers 3 and everything that it's given me. That game's given me more than anything else in the world. Yeah. People who are listening to this and are starting to get to know you for the first time, David, might not be aware that your speedrunning career took over from your intended path as a pro snowboarder after an mm-hmm. absolutely horrific accident in 2013 that changed your life. How did you discover speedrunning? as you were rebuilding things so so yeah so um so i was hurt i was hurt um in 2013 and i was in the hospital like that whole summer basically because i was hurt in april um very close to the end of the snowboard season and then um you know the fall rolls around and all my buddies start are going back on the mountain right and one buddy is home and i'm just super bored i'm so bored nobody i can't have anyone to hang out with my wife's at work um i'm just so bored all the time and I'm playing video games all day, every day. And, and my buddy goes, hey, you should watch me on Twitch and play Halo. And I, I, I responded to him, dude, I've lived with you and watched you play Halo. Why the fuck would I want to watch you play Halo? But I did. I watched him play Halo on this website called Twitch right through my Xbox 360 at the time. And seven hours later, I was watching like a Magic the Gathering stream. Like I was just like, holy shit, this is so cool. And so I started to stream on Twitch and I started to play with him and we were playing Rust and... 
DayZ and a lot of survival games. I was very into survival games at the time. Um, Ark. I played a lot of Ark. And then, um, you know, fast forward two years later, I'm streaming all the time and not, don't have a lot of viewership at all. And, I, you know, I'm my life's starting to come back together. I'm starting to get healthy again. And, uh, you know, I start thinking, like, I can't stream like this forever, you know. Um, I'm At the time, I was uh, announcing things after my snowboard stuff ended I was I started to announce I started actually started like I announced a snowboard competition for a friend and that turned into another announcing job which turned into more and more and more and so I was able to make a a decent little living off announcing in Lake Tahoe which was good because it was mostly night work and it allowed me to stream during the day but eventually I was just like you know I want to you know I probably should get a normal day job married you know wife wants the house you know things like that and so I thought to myself, I was like, well, if this is the last six months or last year, however long I'm going to stream, I want to get really, 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 really good at at least one game, one game. And so I had become really like obsessed with watching the GDQs, um, AGDQ and SGDQ whenever they came around. I loved the Super Metroid races and I loved Super Punch-Out, Blindfolded, Sinister Ones run just like utterly blew my mind it was like the thing that like really hooked me into speedrunning into watching it so i figured well i'll start speedrunning mario 3 and so i started watching guys like mitch flower power and cujo and karua and um i would just go on stream and started emulating what i saw i'd I'd watch one of their videos and just try to do whatever they did and i was really really lucky that um, the speedrunning community is so nice and connected, and most of them just want more people to run their game. That these big streamers and great speedrunners started to come in and started to help me out and give me advice and you know help me learn. And um, it just kind of started going. And then Mario Maker came out. You know, then somebody passed me this level by this kid named Pangea Panga who made these really hard levels, and I'd never seen anything like that. So I started playing everything this kid made and everything he had consumed. And then I found out he made a ROM hack. So I played this ROM hack. And then I got a world record at his ROM hack. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm good enough to get world records. So then I go back to Mario 3 and find a old world record that nobody had beat in a while. And I beat that. And then I beat a Kaizo Mario 3 world record. And then, you know, then another Dram World game came out and I got world records. And, I, and it just started to evolve from that. And it all happened because... Mario 3 because my parents gave me Mario 3 when I was five years old and it was my favorite game growing up and that was the game I decided I wanted to get really really good at and um and I'm just so 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 lucky for that you know do you think you would have speed run if it wasn't about Mario when you started um the only other series I probably would have thought about doing was Zelda and I've since speed ran Zelda games and I don't like them nearly as much so I don't know if I would have uh stuck with it the thing i like about zellas are like puzzles and discovering things and when you speed run something there is nothing i mean not nothing left to discover but the discoveries come a lot slower than when you're first playing a zelda game so i much prefer waiting like you know like waiting a few years between my plays so i have some moments like oh, i don't remember how to do this you know um, that's much more fun for me when it comes to Zelda games now. Yeah, I I don't think any other game would have hit like Mario hits, and I I still I mean I I truly still just deeply love Mario, like honestly. So, and I'm guessing for yeah. you, it's it's more about the mechanics and the level design than the character itself. Uh, I mean, he's lovely, but it's like ninety five five. Mario, Mario the character means more to me than you know, like Sonic or, you know, any other video game here. Mario and Link both mean a lot to me personally, like on a, on a nostalgia and deeper and just like an emotional level. And so much, so much time, like honestly, just so much time in my childhood spent in front of the TV playing those games, you know, when things were crazy in life, you know, those were very stable things for me. Mario just is legit the greatest 2D platformer out there. There's just, it's the way he jumps, the way he moves, the speed he goes um, in in every game except the new Super Mario Brothers series, which I think is just, I hate the way he controls in that. You um, hate Super Mario Odyssey? No, I love Super Mario Odyssey. I hate the new Super Mario games. Uh, new New Super Mario Brothers, you know, one two the Wii, new Super Mario Brothers Wii U, uh, the like the two D ones Got, yeah. where Mario's kind of skinny. Kind of yeah, yeah, Mario's yeah. a little skinny, and I don't know, it just doesn't. It's the most friendly 
like form of Mario platforming, but I don't like it because I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't like that series. I hope they get rid of that series. I hope they bring back like in my in my perfect world. I wish they do Super Mario World two, and not not Yoshi's Island Super Mario World two, but like a real sequel to Super Mario World, um, like with nice graphics. But um, yeah. How long does it take you to complete a speedrun of Super Mario three? Uh, depends on the category. the The fastest fastest category is like you know you kind of glitch your way straight to the end. Is like I can't do it in because I hate this category. But I think that's like two fifty two minutes and fifty seconds. I haven't speed ran Mario three in two years now. Um, since the last time I did a race at SGDQ. Do you think you'll play it in front of an audience again? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I I I haven't like. I've, I always joke that I'm retired from Mario 3, but I don't think you ever really retire from a speed run. And the thing is, if I came back to it, I could I could cut down a lot of time really easy. Um, and I know I could. And so that that's exciting to like have. I could pump my name up the leaderboard pretty quick. And um, But on the other end, it's kind of a... Mario 3 is a very fickle game in that a lot of things are determined by randomness especially towards the late game. And that can be debilitating on one's soul from time to time. I probably will one day go back to Mario 3 speedrunning, but I haven't had that moment yet. Are you looking forward to the day when your kid is old enough to introduce them to Mario? Yeah, actually, when he turns three, he's getting my NES Classic. Um, so that'll be that'll be the time. And, and I'm the kind of like, I really want to slowly introduce him to like one or two games instead of just like bombarding him with all sorts of video games. And um I'm I'm this is I'm in a rental house right now. I'm building a house, but I'm going to have a little like station for him in my office. Yeah, I mean I eventually want to, but I mean I I also want to just play like basketball with him and snowboard with him. That's what I'm really I'm I'm most excited to snowboard with my son. I'm not going to lie. That's the thing I'm most excited about. It was nice to actually get outdoors yeah. especially when your job uh, revolves around the PC and things like uh, that, right? I I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I I just hope I hope he likes it as much as I do. I mean, he doesn't seem to care about the cold or the hot heat, so he um I think he's going to be good, but I I cannot wait to slide down a mountain on a piece of wood with him. I wish I got great. to do that when I was a kid. I do want to ask, Ben, your favorite memory of playing this game. I'm guessing it was probably world record related, but but correct no. me if I'm wrong. No, my favorite memory of Mario 3 are the four races I've got to do at GDQ um, with Mario 3. And in particular, just the, the one with me and Mitch, Flower Power, um, where I accidentally turned off his console twice during the race in front of... 200,000 people watching at home. Hey, I'm, Mitch is, he's the greatest Mario 3 player of all time. There's no doubt in my mind he's the greatest Mario 3 player of all time. He's just, he's just the pinnacle. He's the king. And we were so close. We were, we're the whole way, we were so, we were neck and neck the whole time. Neck and neck the whole time. It was such a good race. I get emotional playing in front of a crowd. And I get excited. And I get, I'm jovial, you know what I mean? And I, to have that happen was, um, it was devastating. But Mitch handled it like such a pro and such a friend. And it's like one of those moments that just will always be linked together with. And now it's like weirdly part of like GDQ lore. People joke about it and make fun of it all the time. And But yeah, I just really, really appreciate that particular moment. And hey, it's a charity event as well. So all yeah. eyes, you know, the more eyes, the better, right? Absolutely. I also want to just rewind things like right back to the beginning, back when you were five and, and playing this game for the first time. Was that with your sister? Uh, yes. So how does she feel now about the fact uh, that you're a Red Bull athlete? A lot due in part to you playing on her <laughs> Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, well, yeah, absolutely. And she, um, I mean, she always, she, like, rented me video games all the time. She would take me to go, you know, being 10 years older than me, she, you know, a lot of the uh, momming fell on her in some ways, you know. Um, so she would just... Always, she worked at a laun- she worked at a laundry, um, like a dry cleaning place, and right next door was a like local video rental place. So she would go and rent me movies and video games, and then bring them home for me all the time. She, I, I don't think she probably realizes how much that impacted my career <laughs> um, now. But yeah, I mean, without her, I definitely would not be the gamer I am today. 
I, I like kids. Kids aren't really going to understand this. So like in the '90s, in the '80s and '90s, you basically you like rented a video game and you just you had to try and beat it before you had to take it back. That was the goal. Like you had to beat it before you could take the video game back by any means necessary. So. Like, that's what would happen. You get a game for, like, two or three days, and you just had to, like, hammer it out and then give it back to the rental store. And so, um, I don't know. It was... she She's massively important on that. And I think, overall, she just thinks that my life is very... She thinks this is really crazy. I mean, but it is really crazy. It's The whole thing's, like, so silly and dumb. Like, I never thought this would be a thing growing up. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, my everyone, everyone was like, well, you're not, you can't play video games for a job, and it's... I mean, like, who would have thought, you know? Like, this is the whole thing is wild, so. Well, this is a game that a lot of people are still playing, and obviously there are going to be people out there who are inspired by you as a speedrunner, like you were inspired by the likes of Foul Power back in the day. So are Mm -hmm. there any good communities that you found particularly helpful that you would recommend to other people who are kind of starting to learn the ropes and things like that? Oh, I mean, just go on Twitch and watch streams. Um, Someone will direct you to uh, the Mario 3 Discord. Mitch Flower Power has a great series about speedrunning Mario 3 up on his YouTube he himself just go in his stream and he's he's just got he's just has so much knowledge about the game he knows he knows more about it than anyone else in the world um he's incredible uh and helpful and um it, just watching his stream you'll gain so much beyond that just like learn how oh, p speed works uh in Mario 3 if you're going to speed run it p speed is the speed that lets you fly that's what everyone knows it as but it also lets you run really 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 fast and so the thing about P-Speed is it's not how far you run on the ground, but it's every third frame the game checks that if you're going full speed and on the ground. So you can be off the ground for two frames, which lets you do a lot of extra cool tricks uh, when it comes to gaining speed really fast. Um, and so that is wildly important to Mario 3 speedrunning. And once you learn that, it, the whole world kind of like opens up for you. So um, that's kind of the basis of the of the game in my opinion did this game make you a a better game or even a better person would you say both yeah absolutely both i was probably more impatient in my life before speedrunning um speedrunning taught me a lot about patience and community and um i don't want to say like being humble but like speedrunning is so much about losing and not winning um speedrunning is a game of you fail over and over because the ultimate goal of speedrunning is to beat your pb every time right you want to do better than you did last time you want to go faster than you've ever gone before and 99.9 percent of the time you're not going to do that you're going to fail and so there's just a certain amount of persistence and perseverance that it takes to be a speedrunner and mario 3 really helped instill that in me um and is is helped me in this weird journey yeah I wish I could say the same when I was trying to play Katana Zero, which is like set up to be for speedrunners. I don't think that game made me a better person. I'm not going to lie, David. <laughs> Have you played it? Uh, no, I haven't. But I, I love challenging games. Like, yeah. I I don't want to not die during a video game. Now, to support this podcast, we're putting together a special Save Your Game playlist of some of our favourite songs from the games we love. So, Pooh, what songs do you think you would like to include? Because I'm guessing there's so many songs that must get stuck in your head from hearing the moment over while speedrunning, right? Yeah, I don't want any of those songs <laughs> at all in, the, in anything. I hear them all the time. I mean, this, I mean, it's so generic, but my favorite video game song ever is Megalovania, and I know that's such a generic answer, but I love that one. I love, uh, I mean, I always call them chorizos. That it's not, they're not chorizos, but the chorizo ruins from Metroid. I love Casino Zone in Sonic the Hedgehog. I think that's an absolute banger. I love Zelda music a lot. Zelda Overworld theme. You've mentioned some classics there. But if you guys listening have got any ideas or suggestions for songs that you would like to include, please send them in via our socials at Red Bull Gaming, the Twitter, the Instagram, you know what to do. Okay, on to the final game. And that game is the most recent of the games on your list. Mm-hmm. Spelunky 2. Yes. Originally released in 2020 and the second installment of the underground platforming franchise. Spelunky 2 gives fans the chance to take on the role of Anna as she explores multiple locations on the search for her missing parents. And that's a lovely description, except 
you die quite a lot in this game and have to basically restart and it sounds frustrating as hell rather than cute david yes um yeah so spelunk the spelunky series it's a rogue like game um which basically means like the whole idea of the game is you you can go through the game and you're going to get random items and have and have decisions that you have to make and when you die you lose everything and you're going to die all the time in this game everything can you why you do have life some things can give you a little love tap and you know you lose a heart um there are so many incredible ridiculous amounts of one hit deaths and spikes you can fall on and bad things that can happen and what's so beautiful about the Splunky games is the kind of like the Rube Goldberg machine deaths where you you just make one little bad move and then a bat hits you and then all of a sudden you're flying into lava or just like some, you know, you're just cruising around with your jetpack and a, uh, a random enemy hits you with a fire arrow and you're exploding. And like, it's just, it just happens so quickly and so fast where everything's going good and then it goes really, really bad and it requires all your attention, all your stamina, all your focus. You can't lose anything and um what's what's so crazy about splunky 2 is like it's so hard to beat there's essentially three endings in the game and there's you know there's the hard the harder and the hardest is is, is how i would describe it and so very 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 few people that ever play splunky even get to the hard ending so very few and then to get to the hardest ending is a legit not a grind but it's it takes this like perfect storm of gameplay from the player this moment in time where you you have to be perfect because any mistake is going to cost you your life and there's something that's just like kind of so special about that and so amazing to watch and and i tell you right now every single player i know that's ever beaten spelunky absolutely loves the game you feel like you achieved something when you beat Splunky and Splunky 2. You you really legitimately feel like I've just done something that not a lot of people in the world can do. I've just achieved a moment of my own personal greatness. And I think that's I know this might sound corny, but it's it's it just gives off this such a incredibly special feeling because just everything's got to line up for you in this perfect moment of time to allow you to to beat it your your skill the way the game goes the way your eyes are moving just everything's got to line up and i just absolutely love that game so much because of it and you spent three months last year to conquer this game you called it on your youtube the hardest challenge in gaming is it typical for it to take three months for you to conquer a game like this uh no not like that but spelunky has um the the hardest the middle ending is like 24 levels. And then the hardest ending adds another 80 levels on top of that. And um, it's just so difficult to achieve that final ending. I had gotten close so many times. And the thing is, you really, I was really only getting, because the game's so hard, just the main game, the base game was so hard that I was only getting past those original 24 levels like maybe once or twice a stream because it takes it takes like 45 minutes half hour to, to get past it um what's great about Splunky is it's a one-shot video game like in theory it should only take you you know about an hour to beat the game you know but because it's so difficult and so hard it takes you weeks and weeks and weeks to get that first one hour and that's what's addicting about it is like you get a little bit of progress oh i got here i got a new personal best today oh i got here i got a new personal best oh i discovered a new secret um, and that's the other thing too about the game is it's chop full of secrets and cool little tech and uh, an incredibly tight community. I just absolutely love everything about Splunky and the community. And the creator of Splunky is so nice, and he watches streams, and he he included so many of the players of the first game into the credits of the second game. Like I'm in the credits, my buddy Dan Giesling's in the credits. So many of the players are just in there, which is just like such a nice, special thing. Like this is really cool of him. Everything about it is just uh, incredible. You know, I get nitpicky about my favorite games, and, and this one I definitely have the least amount of nitpicks. Like, the, the only nitpick I have is that I want more of it. I, I wish there was more of it, more options, more secrets, more more of everything. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, well, if you're out there and you play Splunky, like, really, seriously, like, beat it. Just try and beat it. Dedicate yourself to beating it, and you're going to feel... So goddamn happy you did. So happy you did. 
But as a roguelike, the maps are procedurally generated, right? Or elements yeah, of the so game are. Different. Yeah, so it so must the, be incredibly difficult to to perfect a run or to to get to the stage that you have got to because of that. Do you think that's one of the reasons you actually love it so much because there's something fresh every time you play? Exi- well, yeah, that's definitely part of it is that it's always going to test your reactions in a different way. And no matter how many hours you play, you're still going to see new deaths. You're like, wow, I didn't realize I could die that way, um, which is disheartening and also super fun do you ever lose items though and go right i have to start again even though i've been playing for half an hour well yeah i mean yeah because once you die you're dead you are completely dead sorry yes yeah you lose you you lose everything and you start over no matter you could have 100 bombs a jetpack everything and if you die you're dead you don't and you don't in the next run you might not get it and what's run it's really funny because most of the time when you're super kitted out you're gonna make a mistake because you get confident and that's when you die and when i and when i'm not really kitted out is when I play really that's when I play really good because I'm like you know gamer pose like leaned up on my chair like oh I'm going through this you know um so that's it's just oh I I love I love Spelunky and just everything about it and just also like the fact that it's made with such a small team as well is just awesome and like the other thing is like Derek is making a game that's just the very opposite of everything that's being made today there's no there's no apologies with Splunky. Like, there's no cheating the game. You have to get good. You have to get better at the game. That's the only way to beat it. There's no shortcuts in it. It's just something that you have to practice, which is something that is um, doesn't really exist in video games anymore. And it definitely didn't like the NES and SNES days. And, I, and I'm not saying for better or worse, because I think there's so many conversations around accessibility and... And things like that, but I I just love that in a in an era where everyone's going this way, Splunky is a game that unapologetically goes this way and serves a niche audience and a niche audience only and doesn't care about anybody else. And that's special to me. Yeah. Do you worry that because it's a niche audience as as you say, that we might not get to see more games like Splunky? Yeah, I mean I think there's a reason why there's not a lot of games like Splunky. I mean, even other rogue-ish games, you know, like Hades. Hades pushes you forward in a certain way. You know, you're going to power up your character eventually. So you are going to get some Ws eventually. Um, Which is another very punishing game. Like, don't get me wrong. It's another very, you know, all rogue games do have a certain amount of punishment to them and a certain amount of try, try, try again. But... You know, most AAA games, the vast majority of AAA games, there's no way to really die. Like, if you die in Assassin's Creed, you go back, like, two minutes and you do the same thing over again. If You you know, the only way you don't complete a game now for most games is if you quit. If you just plain out quit. It's the only way you're not going to complete it. Spelunky, in theory, you could just never get good enough to beat. You could never quit it and never get good enough to beat it. But, I mean, like, and that's really in my opinion, super special, but, and niche. I wish there was more chances taken. You know, I th- I think especially, like, around, like, like the Xbox 360 era was so, like, really pushed a lot of, like, indie games that were taking, like, crazy chances, and I don't think we're getting that as much anymore all the time, you know? Um, or at least these games aren't being, like, shoved in our face like they were before so everyone can play them and see them. I think it's better right now to serve a niche than to try and serve everybody. It's better to please a rabid group of this many people than try to please all these people, in my opinion. You make better art that way. And you were playing this game during peak COVID, really, in 2020. Yeah. And at the time, you were also playing GTA RP and exploring non-speed running games. So what was it about Spelunky that kind of kept you playing during this speed running hiatus? Well, uh, I mean, it is, it's very similar to speedrunning in that it's like try, try again, try to beat your personal best always. Um, but it's it's also one of those things that like when I set a goal, like uh, I wanted to do everything that Splunky 2 was going to offer me. I, I was I loved Splunky 1. It's a game I played for like eight years straight um, on and off, you know, just it, like Splunky would always be like a, it would be like a fun cool down game for me when I was over speedrunning. Um, so I knew, like, I wanted to see everything that Splunky 2 had to offer. And when I found out it had so much to offer, it just was one of those things where I had I had to do it. Uh, there was there was no question I had to get 
$7.99. I had to do it. Had to be done. Um, so it's just, it's just one of those things, yeah. It's just, it's just a, a beautiful special game. Can you define seven ninety nine for us? So it goes, it's like we have World 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. World 6 is like the main game. And then World 7 starts. And then you got to go 7, 1, 7, 2, 7, 3, 7, 4. I, I think it actually starts at 7, 5. It goes 7, 5, 7, 6, 7, 7, 7, 8. And then you got to go all the way to seven ninety nine procedurally generated random levels. And from 7, 5 on, you also have an added challenge of... All the levels are these like weird like screen wrap levels based on the previous worlds. And you have to find these three orbs and these orbs. If you don't do it in time, this big jellyfish comes. It's I, I there's lore behind it, but it doesn't matter. And what's really cool at the end of it, you get a constellation. Your reward is this constellation. And the constellation is based off like different things you did during the game. Like if you saved so many damsels or you killed so many damsels or you had this item or that item and... So it was really fun discovering like all the different constellations. And so my constellation that I got is I'm actually putting it together in a tattoo that I'm getting on me. Um, it's part of like more video games, but like, so it's just really, I don't know. I, I wanted, I, I had to get my constellation. Like I had to get my constellation. That was a big, that was a big deal to me um, at the time. Yeah. So why was this one of your three picks? Um, it's incredibly underrated. It's just, um, it had such an emotional response to me, and I've never felt that way outside of speedrunning. Yeah. What's that feeling like? Just the feeling of like accomplishment, like I did it. Beating Spelunky 2 felt like the first time I did my first rodeo and snowboarding. That was a big moment for me. That was a big like push moment for me. And beating Spelunky 2 felt like that. Like it, it felt like I don't know. It's just it was one of those things where like I feel like I can beat any video game ever. You know what? Those are your three games, though, David. We're actually getting to the end game here. The time has come because those are your games. And I had a chat with you before we started recording. And when I saw your games and, and knowing what I know about you, I was like, OK, I, I have a feeling with this one, I can predict it as, as much as you love all three of these games. Uh, so maybe it's not going to be as tough for you as some of our other guests to, to save just one. But yeah, do you do you feel ready to choose one game above all others that you couldn't live without? I am ready. Amazing. Okay. Grand Pooh Bear, your official game to save for the Save Your Game podcast is... Splunky 2. Splunky 2. Yeah. I was yes. clearly expecting Mario 3. Splunky 2, legit, is my the game that I can never live without. More so than Mario 3, more so than Breath of the Wild. It would provide me a new challenge over and over and over again for the rest of my life. That is the game. I know everyone thought I was going to pick Mario 3 because it changed my life. Yeah, 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 yeah but... Um, no, it'd be Splunky 2. I think Splunky 2 is is an absolute 10 out of 10 perfect video game. And I know it, I, this isn't even recency bias because Splunky 1 was up there too before me. So um, yeah, Splunky 2 is my favorite video game I've ever played. It's just, I love it. Well, hopefully some of our listeners will take on the challenge now. They should. They can get it on PC and also on Switch as well. So we're continuing the Nintendo theme that's been running through your life. So if you do actually take on this challenge of Spelunky, then let's know how you're getting on. Use the usual socials at Red Bull Gaming on Twitter. We're also going to be running a poll there. So if you agree or disagree with David's choice, you can vote for it or against it. Maybe you do think he should have saved Mario. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. It enriched his life massively, but he doesn't care about any game except for Lucky 2. <laughs> so that is it for this week. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today. If you guys have enjoyed the show, please make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast and feel free to leave us a review. We will see you next time. 